That's what we're meant to be like. And you see, we wait patiently for what we pray for, for what we hope for. And then as God gives us what we pray for and what we hope for, it's, a, it's an ever-occurring thing that we've, we've got what, we, what we're striving for, the next thing we're striving for, the, the greater. So as we hope for it and as we pray it through into completion, the work that God's began in us, we just keep giving it to God and we keep allowing ourselves to be transformed by God. It's a never-ending cycle of patiently waiting. And that's where we finished off, that we have to be patient in our waiting. So in verse 26, we carry on. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You see, God sends part of himself to live inside of us. That's why we're adopted into the family. Whenever we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus and we say, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus, he sends the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. So if you, as you accept Jesus into your life, you accept God's presence into your life to know that you're never going to be alone again, to know that God is never going to leave you, never going to walk away from you. It also says that when we are weak, the Holy Spirit is strong. So whenever we don't know what to say and we don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit is there. See, quite often we don't know how to pray. Quite often we sometimes pray even the wrong things because we'll pray from our limited mindset. But the Holy Spirit speaks on our behalf. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of us speaks on our behalf. Because the thing is, it's quite hard and quite difficult sometimes to work out the will of God. It really is, because sometimes you can't see the next step before you take it, because it's got to be a step of faith. So to know the will of God sometimes is hard. But even when we don't know what to do, God keeps us connected to him through the Holy Spirit that's indwelling in our lives. He doesn't leave us, he doesn't abandon us because we don't know what to say or don't know what to do, but he lives with us. And you see, God searches our hearts and he even knows how we feel. He's know, he knows how we're feeling about it. And he allows the Holy Spirit to then come in and pray on our behalf, to intercede on our behalf. See, sometimes you don't know how to express the feelings you have. And, I, and I'm sure we've all been at some point in our lives when we don't know how to express the feelings we have. So what do you do? You let out a sigh or a groan, something which isn't words, but expresses and conveys how you feel inside. And in essence, that's what the Holy Spirit does through prayer to God the Father on our behalf. He groans and he, he, he makes noises and, he, and, he, and he, he expresses what's inside of us to God. So he's even allowing the, the wordless groans to be prayers. And I'm sure we can all associate with that. In verse 28, we carry on and says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, this is probably one of the most go-to verses for a lot of Christians. See, sometimes a lot of people actually then misquote this verse. 
they even try to make, sense, uh, make this verse say something that it doesn't say. See, God does use all things that we go through for his good. That's one thing which we can re be reassured, that God will use anything that we have to walk through. But it doesn't mean that everything that happens to us is going to be good. It doesn't mean that we're going to be excluded from going through negative things or bad things. But what does it say? It says that God will use it for good. God will use all things for good. See, in the worst of circumstances, this can be used to help us grow, to help us transform, to help mold our character and shape who we are meant to be. Sometimes life it gets really hard. But does God abandon us? No. But he takes us through that. Even when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't pray that, that we as his followers would come out of the world. He, pray, he prayed that we would be a light in the world, that we would be in the world. Because we, we are going to go through the same thing as everybody else. We're not going to be exempt. And he will transform these negatives to positives. He will take what looks like the darkest situation and use it for good. See, we, and his, we as his disciples have been called to follow the purposes of God. We've been called to, to say, God, what is your plans? As we pray in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we pray that. Because that's part of the reason why Jesus taught us to pray that. Because God has his plans. God has his plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope in the future. Yes, that's what God's given us. That's what God gives us. So he's got these purposes and plans. And we've got to choose to follow the plans that he has for us. And we've got to choose to work out what that means, which takes us back a step to, um, to not knowing the will of God. We have to pray that God will reveal his will as we take steps of faith, as we pray that he will guide us and lead us, which he does do. So even when a storm does hit us, even when we feel really low, even when we're um, being attacked, we can actually know that we're okay because we have the presence of God with us. Because God wants to prosper us as his followers and he wants to use us in his kingdom. Verse 29, it says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. See, if we know God has plans for us, it means he's got appointments for us. It means he's got things for us to do. Because God's got these plans. See, he has scheduled opportunities for you to meet people to speak into people's lives just by being who God created you to be. And by you existing as a follower of God and following God, these things will happen. And it also then gives us in, as individuals chances to grow. Because as we grow in our faith, because we can see God using us, we will see our lives transform. We have the opportunity to go out and reach others with the message God's given us. The message of hope. The message that you're okay, you're not on your own. Some people try to use uh, the predestined part of this verse to actually negate their need to do anything. Because they think, well, God's, if God's already 
predestined it and put it in my destiny that this is what's going to happen, then it doesn't matter what I do because God knows what I'm already going to do, so it doesn't matter. And they, and it, they think it negates the fact that they need to go and do anything. You see, the thing is, God has called us to be like Jesus. God has called us to be in the image of his son, to serve and love the way Jesus served and loved. So if we are called to be like Jesus, how could we not go out and tell other people? How could we not go out and spread this good news that Jesus has given us? How could you hold it to yourself? How could you think that it's okay not to tell others, not to share with others the hope that you find? It would be like us all being homeless people, and one of us finds where there's food, free food for us all to go eat, but yet you don't tell anybody else. That would be that would be disgraceful if there's a big massive feast for everybody who's homeless, but yet nobody tells anybody else that's homeless. So all the homeless people go hungry while one becomes a glutton because they keep the message to they keep, they keep the mess, that message of hope, the message of food to themselves. That's not what we are meant to be as Christians. Some people try to claim that if God has predestined us, then we don't need to tell, and we can't let that message sink into our heads. We can't do nothing because God, you know, God has, you know, some people try to claim that God has made up his mind about everything. And we can't let anyone tell us that that is what is said. We can't ever claim to know the mind of God. Can you claim to know what God's actually thinking? What God, I, I know Isaiah 40 um, points a lot towards that. You know, who has told God, you know, who has told God all about, you know, what to do? No one. No one has told God what to do. This is why we can't assume in any shape or fashion to know the mind and will of God, but we have to try to follow it with all of our lives. We have to try to follow it with all that we have. See, he has put us in place to reach out, to reach the people. See, he has put a little bit of his knowledge within reach of us. He will give us revelation of his knowledge of his love of his heart as we chase after him and as we seek after him we'll never fully understand god we'll never fully know god but we have to um, keep chasing god and keep chasing him some people try to say that because he's predestined it means that he's chosen already who's going to be saved and who isn't going to be saved and i don't believe that's true because in Second Peter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God wouldn't want anyone to perish. He gives everybody opportunity to hear him, opportunity to listen and you see, the thing is, God being outside of time, he can see the beginning from the end. Time is something that's been created. Time is something with a beginning and an end. But our God is totally outside of that spectrum. He, he isn't limited by 24 hours in one day. He isn't limited by 365 and a quarter days as we rotate the sun. That's why we have a leap year, because every, every four years, we've got a quarter day that we've got to make up so we stay in the same position. See, God, God is outside of all that. He is timeless. 
That's why he can see the beginning from the end, and he knows that he can work all things for his good. He does have things planned, but he still gives us free will. He gives every single person free will to choose to follow God. That is why we should go out and tell everyone the message. That's why we need to go out and tell everyone the good news, that Jesus loves them, and Jesus provided a way for them to be in relationship with God, a loving God that doesn't condemn them, but wants to actually embrace them, love them, and actually transform their lives into the person that he created them to be, not the mess that we generally make of our lives when we don't choose his plans. See, if we don't respond... If we don't respond when it was um, in God's will f- for us to, what if, what if we don't go out and do what God has planned for us to do? For instance, what if the person that went and shared this good news with Billy Graham never went and shared the good news with Billy Graham because they thought, oh, God's got it all planned. God's got it all planned out. I, I don't think God wants to save that person, so I'm not going to go share What if somebody had thought that? What if somebody had allowed themselves to be deceived? How many other people have been impacted through the life of Billy Graham? If he had never given his life and heart to God, how many more people could be missing out on the experience of knowing God and being saved and walking with God? See, we don't know the next conversation that we have with someone could actually lead them to God. We don't know how significant the next conversation that we have, sharing the mysteries and the love of God and what God has done in our life, we don't know the transforming power that that could have in somebody's life. I want to encourage you this morning that God has given you his message. Why would you keep it? Why would you not give it away? Why would you not give it we, we, um, we used to sing an old uh, chorus, you know, freely, freely I receive, freely, freely give. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know that I live. That's what we used to sing um, back in the Brethren Hall that I went to. And the thing is, God has freely given us this message. So why would we not freely give it away? Why would we not freely give it to others? Verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up, for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? I don't know about you, but I do worry how people will respond because we go out with this message and we're worried about how people are going to respond to it. We're worried about if we share it right, if we're sharing the right things and how we're um, actually doing it. You always be self-conscious even whenever you're sharing it. But the thing is, we have to remember what the message is about and who the message is about. The message is about Jesus. It's not about us, thankfully. And God can t- use our, our bumbling rambles sometimes in ways that we never dream or imagine. Thanks be to God that he uses all things. Because the thing is, if God is for us and God is fighting for us, who can be against us? We don't need to fear anyone. Because you see, the thing is, we know this very simple thing. God sent Jesus. That's how we know that we're going to be okay going out and sharing this message, going out and telling others that Jesus lives, going out and living in the hope that he's given us, going out and being the men and women 
of God that we're meant to be, the sons and daughters of God. So why would he hold back anything that would help us fulfill the plans that he has? Why would he guide us into situations that would be out of our depth? He doesn't, and he won't. He will actually guide us into places where we're able to share in whatever way God's given us the ability to actually reinforce, encourage, challenge the people that we come in contact with. Verse 33, it says, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. See, God justifies us. God is our justification for going out and sharing. Because we've received the love of God, we go and share the love of God. See, no one can bring any charge against us. Nobody can, nobody can try and accuse you of anything. Because at the end of the day, even if they try to accuse you of doing something wrong against the law or in any, in any way socially wrong, you are honoring God with the message he's given you. And would you rather stand right before men or right before God? I want to stand right before God. I want to stand in the confidence, knowing of what Jesus said to us just before he went back to heaven. In Matthew 28, Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's, what, that's our great commission. That's what we are meant to do with our lives. We're meant to go into all the world. So everywhere we go, we make disciples of people. We're, we're, we're sharing the good news with people. We're sharing God, what God thinks. We're sharing God's morals, God's plans. We're actually, um, we don't just go and we don't t just tell them about, um, you know, just one side of God. We teach them all aspects of God through our every area of our lives. We go and we reveal who God really is, not who me the media says he is, not who even um, unfortunately, sometimes people have a really bad negative experience in church. So they think that that's, as they look at Christians, they think that's what God's like. I remember I used to listen to this song, DC, uh, DC Talk song, um, and it started with um, basically saying the biggest thing that puts people off church is Christians. Because you look at their life and you just, and you see um, the inadequacies really of their life and you say well if that's the God that they have why would I want to follow that God if that's the God who they worship but the thing is if they truly know us they'll know how much of a mess we are and it's okay it's okay to be a mess because the thing is it's God's grace and God's mercy as we know as we've looked through Romans we've been reminded time and time again it's through God's grace and his mercy that he actually leads us and he guides us and it's okay to be a mess sometimes but it's not okay to stay in the mess. It's okay to fall, but it's not okay to stay fallen. That's how ultimately you'll be defeated, is if you actually fall and you don't get back up. Sometimes people fall and then they end up walking away from God, walking away from the calling God had in their life, walking away from the plan that God had, all because they fell and they chose to lay in the mud. They chose to let it become them. The situation that they were supposed to go through, they stayed in. And that's never what God planned for us. That isn't what God plans for you. 
Verse 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So not only do we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, interceding for us on our behalf when we don't know how to pray, when we don't know, we've got Jesus who's at the right hand of God. The same Jesus who died and rose again, he's at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. He's talking to God about you. Have you ever thought about that? That Jesus has actually spoken to God the Father about you. He's actually spoke about the things that you've been through, about the things that you're praying about, about the things that you're struggling with, the things that you're... God is interceding. Jesus is interceding to God the Father on your behalf. He's talking to God about you. That's why we don't need to worry about who condemns us or anything that condemns us, because we know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are both interceding for us. They're both fighting for us. Because in verse 35... It reminds us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do you feel like more than a conqueror this morning? Do you feel like you, you've totally overcome everything? Do you, do you know that, that that's what we are if we dwell in the love of God, if we stay there? See, sometimes I feel happy just to succeed at something. But the thing is, we're more than conquerors whenever we dwell in the love of God. Or are you happy settling for just getting by? Do you want to claim the more than conquerors? Do you want to claim the fact that you will overcome anything that comes your way? Nothing that comes against us will stop us being in the love of God. No trouble can stop you being in the love of God. No hardship that you have to go through, no hard time, no persecution, no famine, no danger, no sword. See, it's amazing that God meets our every need. What does Jesus say? Don't worry about tomorrow. Look at the flowers in the field. Do they worry about tomorrow? The birds of the air, do they worry about tomorrow? No. So why should we worry about tomorrow? Because the thing is, we're going to be more than conquerors. Even death, if death comes against us, which is what humanity thinks is the worst thing that can come against us. It's actually the best thing that can happen to us as Christians. The Apostle Paul puts it, for me to live is Christ. In other words, I get to serve God as I live, but to die is better because I get to go and be with him. I'm not just serving him. I'm actually going to be with him. So the worst thing that people think they can do to you by taking your life is actually the best thing that can possibly happen to you, which is an ironic way of thinking whenever we um, deem life as we know it so precious. But that's why we have to have an eternal perspective of our life, eternal perspective of what God is doing in us. Because in verse 38, it continues, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor nor demons, neither the present nor the future, 
nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. See, whether we live or die, nothing can separate us from God. Do you know that this morning? Nothing can separate you from this love of God. Whatever comes our way, if it's supernatural, so if there's angels and demons, nothing can separate us from His love. Nothing in the present or nothing to come can separate us from the love of God. Because talking about time there, nothing in the physical can separate us from the love of God. See, the future that God has planned for you, nothing can separate you from His love as you follow His plan. No power that comes against you will prosper. Nothing physically can remove you from the love of God. This is the confidence that we go out and we share in. See, we don't know the heart and the mind and the will of God, but we know we're meant to be like Jesus. We know we're meant to take the message the same way Jesus did and actually show people through how we live our life this message of hope. We go out and we become Jesus to the world. We become a reflection of Jesus. When we share with the confidence that he gives us because we're confident that of his love. We're confident that he is with us. We're confident that we have got the Holy Spirit inside of us interceding on our behalf. And we've got Jesus at the side, the right hand of God interceding on our behalf. That's the confidence that we go out with. That's why nobody, nothing can come against us. That's why as we go out and share this message of hope, we will see lives transform. Do you believe that as you share the message of hope, of, your, of the life that you've lived and the life that God's taken you through, do you believe as you share that, that lives will be transformed? My hope and my prayer is that as you share the life and the love of God which is inside of you, that you will see your life transformed. You will see the lives of people around you transformed, and that will give you more confidence to go out in the confidence you already have and actually transform more lives. That's the beauty of what God does. It's like a forest fire. It just spreads and spreads and spreads because it's infectious. This love of God, it's infectious. That's why people around the world, more people than have ever before, are dying for this message. That's why people aren't afraid of death because they realize their position within God. So why should we, in our quite safe, to be honest, Western society, be afraid of living for God? when people around the world are dying for God. Because if God is with us, who can be against us? Even if we end up in really bad situations, if you go to a doctor and you get the worst diagnosis possible, you can stand in the confidence of the love of God. Whatever happens, we can leave it with God. We can stay in His love and we can share His love. His love will never leave us, no matter what happens. Let's just pray together. Lord, we just love you so much for what you've done for us. We, sh we just want to share your message of hope. We want to share your message of love. We want to share your message that can transform lives. God, give us the confidence to speak out, even when we don't know what to say. 
God, give us the confidence to know your love, to stay in your love, to be like Jesus in every situation we walk into, where we don't walk in and condemn the hurt and the broken, but we bind their wounds. We love them in the name of Jesus. Oh God, give us the strength to stand up against anyone who tries to demean or bully or rip anybody apart. Give us the strength to be like Jesus whenever the woman caught in adultery was brought before him, being abused and being shamed. May we love that person with the love that Jesus shown. God, just give us the strength to stand up and fight for your name, to fight for those who don't know you yet. God, thank you so much that you share this message of love. You share this message of hope with us so that we can go and be a light in the darkness. We can go and tell others that Jesus loves them and that Jesus lives. All we have to do is give our lives to Jesus and he will use us in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. So God, give us the strength to declare your love this morning and declare that nothing will ever separate us from that love because we want to follow him all the days of our lives. We want to see heaven come to earth. We want earth to be like heaven. So come, Lord, and just guide us every moment of every day through your love and in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.